When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They're not teaching uh, Sunday school class in terms of morality. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Fly ball to left field. Gardner's back, and it's gone! Dozier leads off the game with a home run for the Twins. Two on and two out, two and a one. D. Gordon. Monte at shortstop. And there is the ball game. And there goes the arrow. Save number 300 for Fernando. Hey, everyone, happy Pitchers and Catchers Report Day. A lot of press conferences going on right now. There are. I believe Molitor spoke. Thad Levine was going to meet potentially with uh, some reporters. We're waiting. Wetmore's going to join us this hour. It just depends on when he's done in the clubhouse. He's down in Fort Myers for a month. Roycey, who lives down there for a few months and does shows from Hammond Stadium, so he's back down there. Mm-hmm. So we've been all in on Chris Archer reckless speculation. Speculation. These last couple days, because Lavelli Neal reported that the Twins have made an offer to the Rays for Chris Archer and that the Rays want Max Kepler in return in some package. Last segment, you said you would trade Royce Lewis to the Rays in a package. So Royce Lewis, Max Kepler, and maybe something else a lower level for Chris Archer. Pitching prospect, yes. So you would trade the number one overall pick for, for Chris Archer. It takes a lot of guts to do what I did last segment. It does. Absolutely. And and I think in general, if you're if you're able to trade lottery tickets, which minor league players are lottery tickets. Now, some of them, if you were drafted in the eighth round and you're in single A, maybe your lottery ticket percentage is two percent. Uh, if you were a first round draft pick, like you know, fifteenth overall pick, and uh, you're in Triple A and performing well, then I think your lottery ticket is more like fifty sixty percent to have a successful big league career. And then there's percentages like. Uh, what percent chance are you an all-star? What percent chance are you a complete bust who never touches the big leagues? The lottery ticket is different when it's the number one overall pick. So I just want you to, to know what you're getting into yep. if you right. commit to a Royce Lewis for Chris so you're Archer my guy. trade. You're going to tell me. This is all hypothetical. Mm-hmm. But if you pull the trigger on this, just know that the number one overall pick is much, much more often a cashed-in lottery ticket than a second-round pick, uh, Steven Gonsalves, you know, guys like that. I'm going to read you the names of number one overall picks going back the last two or three decades. Basically, if you didn't suffer from some sort of a drug addiction or major off-the-field problems, <laughs> yeah. you're awesome. Okay? okay? All right. Let's start with, and we'll start a few years ago. We, like Mark Appel is going to be a bust, but let's, let's start a few years ago just so we can give some ample time here. So Carlos Correa, 2012, one of the best players in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Garrett Cole, 2011. Not a top-tier pitcher, but very, very good. A playoff rotation caliber pitcher. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, Steven Strasburg, back-to-back. 
one of the best pitchers and maybe the best hitter in baseball. Tim Beckham, 2008, and you might think, oh, that guy's a bust, right? It took him a while. He was awesome last year. Shortstop for the Rays, middle infielder. 22 bombs. He got on base, played some great defense up the middle. He finally emerged last year at age 27. Mm -hmm. David Price, Justin Upton, Mm -hmm. both awesome. Mm -hmm. Here's a bust, Luke Hoshaver. But he's he's become a good reliever the last four years. He was a starter back then, right? But a a flamed-out starter, but he's still, like, at the very least, he's a really good setup guy. That's a 2006 number one overall pick. Matt Bush, drug problems. 2003, Delman Young had, like, Three really good seasons, one borderline MVP season, but... Yeah, I wouldn't call him a success story. Right. Uh, Brian Bullington was a bust in 2 Then we get to Joe Maurer and Adrian Gonzalez in back-to-back seasons. Mm-hmm. Josh Hamilton, 1999, even with drug problems. That hey. guy was incredible. Yeah, a handful of great years. How about 1998, Pat Burrell? I owned him in Rock rotisserie solid, baseball. Right? Me too. Phillies, right? Yep, me too. Pat the Bat. I uh, went to Miami, University of Miami. Yep. Matt Anderson was a bust in 1997. Chris Benson was a longtime major leaguer, but not a top-tier guy. He was a rotation guy. Mm-hmm. Darren Erstad, rock-solid career. Paul Wilson. But then you get to A-Rod, Chipper Jones, Phil Nevin. Mm-hmm. So, like, 8 out of 10 are Awesome players. So when you trade the number one overall pick, mm-hmm. if you if you were to tell me, all right, Nick Gordon in a deal for Chris Archer, I'd say, well, that's a lottery ticket. Nick Gordon was a good player and he was and he was highly drafted. He's a good player in the minor leagues, but not like number one overall pick status. And some people might say, well, Royce Lewis was supposed to go number two or three, and the Twins, you know, took him because he was cheaper. And I'm sure that happened a million other times throughout the draft as well. So you might be giving up a Justin Upton, a Josh Hamilton. And Alex Rodriguez, I mean, that's right. the caliber player you might be giving get, up no, with the number one overall pick for Chris Archer. I, get, I love Chris I get Archer. What you're I draw the line at Royce Lewis. I do not trade Royce Lewis. This is for why Chris I Archer. get paid the big bucks to make this decision. <laughs> this is why I'm. This is why I'm sitting behind the biggest desk at Target Field, and I'm saying I understand what I'm doing here. I get the fact that there might come a day where I say that was really tough, and this guy's become a really good player. But if I want a guy at the top of my rotation, this is how I get it done. I wonder though, can you? I think you can get it done without giving up that. If if they like Max Kepler so much, and he's a proven commodity, the more proven commodities well, you can sure. give them, and if I the can, less likely it is you'd have to give up Royce. And Lewis. I'm not start. I'm not starting there. What I'm saying is, when when the Rays start to field offers from the Brewers and you know six or seven other teams that are really really good, I guess the, the internal question that has to be asked by the Twins is, would we be willing to even go there? And if I and if it was up to me, I would. Because yeah. yes, I would I would definitely start at hey if you like Kepler that's great let's start Kepler Gordon Gonsalves another prospect, but when they come back and say well we just talked to Milwaukee and Milwaukee this is incredible and I have to say okay am I in or out I know what the I know what their asking price at that point is going to be yeah and ordinarily with almost any other prospects I would say all right I mean Stephen Gonsalves I think is going to be a really good number two number three starter maybe at some point in the big leagues but he's a lottery ticket right now. It might be 40% on him. With Royce Lewis, the lottery ticket is much closer to 80%. Mm-hmm. So it's not even really a lottery ticket. It's like he's probably going to be an awesome major leaguer starting mm-hmm. in two years. And I'm getting four years of a pitcher who I, I am confident is a workhorse enough. He hasn't had previous arm problems. I mean, you can't see into the future. But he's definitely a guy that yeah. that hasn't you know pitched 200 innings and then come back and been at 140 and then been back to 200. So... 
I'm just saying if you're looking at the at the health of this team right now and what would what would take you from you hope to repeat the success of last year and you hope to be a wild card behind Cleveland to no, we're gonna compete with Cleveland and ultimately compete in in the American League. It would be a move like that. Uh, real quick, the phone lines. What would you give up for Chris Archer? Would you trade Royce Lewis, last year's number one overall pick, for Chris Archer? Would you trade Sano for Archer? It's a reckless speculation. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Reckless speculation! Uh, if we take out pitchers who are much more susceptible to like career-altering injuries, um, just like things going haywire, it's. I think it's harder to project a high school pitcher than it would be a high school position player. If you take away the number one overall pick pitchers, and let's just look at the last 20 or 25 years, who are the three worst case scenario position players that, all right, well, what's the range of number one overall pick flame out to all-star? The flame outs of this group would be Tim Beckham, who again was awesome last year for the, it just took him a long, he was 27 years old when he figured it out. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was he was in their system for nine years. Delman Young, um, and then probably probably Darren Erstad. Darren Erstad. That's going back to 1995, and he was really good for a long time. And he is a really nice player. Yeah, so, yeah. So I those position. Oh players. no, I'm giving up. I'm giving up what I think is pretty much a sure thing to be a very good player. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, looking at my current situation. And looking at the fact that I didn't want to go into the market and give a guy a six-year contract, I feel that the timetable of what I thought was going to be a rebuild has been accelerated enough to make that worth my while. No, I, I know what I'm doing here. I'm doing something very dangerous. I'm doing something very dangerous. But to get to get to where I want to go ultimately, this is what I have to do. Yeah, I don't think you do though. That's my point. I, I don't think you. I think you have to do it within reason. Okay, but you hired like Buxton and Royce Lewis are players that you should look to have on your team for ten years. Put it this way: the Houston Astros built that roster mm-hmm. and made big trades for guys like Justin Verlander. They made a couple other big time trades. They, uh, I think, they traded for Lance McCullers at one point too. I don't think he was drafted by them when he was a minor yeah, leaguer. I think you're right. And they did it without giving up Carlos Correa. And without giving up, who's the Alex Bregman was another one mm-hmm. top. Uh, he was yeah. like number two overall pick. I'm not saying this is easy. So you can you can get those guys. Well, another example too. I believe that Cole Hamels, who's not the same guy he was five years ago, but he's a very good pitcher. I believe he has one year left on his contract. I would rather rent a Cole Hamels, assuming he's healthy. He didn't have Tommy John or anything. Did he? you always have to ask that with I pitchers? Don't remember. I don't think so. Like I'd rather rent a Cole Hamels for a year than give up Royce Lewis for Chris Archer. And I bleeping love Chris Archer. I don't like more than is rational. But you hired me to make these calls, and I'm making the call right now. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. We'll check in with Wetmore in Fort Myers, Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Two guys, Woo! one topic. Sports. Mackie and Judd are back. Hamburg is crazy. On fifteen hundred, ESPN. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Would you trade the number one overall pick, Royce Lewis, in a deal for Chris Archer? Judd is on the record. He says yes. I just did it. I'm on the record. I say no. I draw a line. Uh, Royce Lewis has a chance to be a very good chance, probably like an 8 out of 10, maybe 9 out of 10 chance to be a decade-long player 
for you starting in a couple years, and you would allow him to be that for the Rays for four years of Chris Archer. In their brand-new ballpark. Right on the water, Hall of Fame potential, but I got my pitcher. And maybe Chris Archer is the thing that puts you over the top to get smoked in four games by the Astros in the ALCS, what, too. Be why, great. why you got to talk like that? I love Archer, but... Why you got to talk like that? Why you got to be negative? 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. And we're just kind of waiting on Wetmore for some time this hour. He's talking to Thad Levine, I think. So we'll get to him at some well, point. Well, he's getting the scoop right right now. Oh, Roy, of who they're going to trade Royce for Royce Chris Lewis Archer? Definitely, Thad's going to tell him. Judd's right. Royce Lewis is definitely on the table. If Wetmore doesn't ask that exact question... I think he is can, that it for I him? think he can bring a box. Is that it? Hey, Howard. Good afternoon, gentlemen. It's always nice when spring training starts. Yes, it is. It is. Happy, happy yeah. holidays. Thank you. And I can tell you, especially with being here and only getting to watch the Wild and the Timberwolves, not being able to get to the games, I'm ready for baseball. Yes. Uh, two questions. Wouldn't Rosario fit them better, or is he too far along this contract? Which leads to point two. Do you give up three prospects for Archer and keep what you got? Not, and, and not including, is it Nick Gordon and two other prospects and say, hey, we'll take it for Archer? Because it's tough to mess with this lineup, i got to tell you. It is, and I think part of it, so on your first question, Rosario is pretty similar in terms of service time to Kepler, but I think he has four years left and Kepler has five, the way that they've that ranked up service time. Yes, that makes sense. Now, up until about the midway point of last year, I would have said trade Eddie Rosario as fast as you can. There's no way the guy swings at everything. Actually, you did say that on several occasions yes. during the show last spring. But to his credit and to the Twins coaching staff's credit, mm-hmm. he doubled his walk rate and he cut way down on his strikeouts. And so his, you know, his productivity last year was not a fluke unless you think he's going to start striking out again. At a high rate, but he he became much more of a contact guy. Who, when he made contact, it was extra bases. So I would be a little more hesitant to trade Rosario, or a lot more hesitant now. Now, if I could trade Rosario and Gonsalves for Chris Archer, do I do it? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Howard's question, who would play if you if you traded Kepler away? Now, if they gave you Span back. Denard Spann would play a lot of right field for you. He can still play a little bit. He's not going to bring a lot of power. doesn't steal a lot of bases anymore. But he can still play a little bit and Buxton as can, a patchwork guy. Buxton can come get the ball, too. Right. I think the question would be, how quickly can Brent Rooker get up here? Probably not in 2018. Uh, you know, Zach Granite, but he's not a power guy. You'd put him out there and, and hope that he can make up the difference defensively. You'd be losing something offensively, but I think you can make it up. You can find corner outfielders. Yep. You can figure those out. Hell, you could, put, you could probably still swing a trade or sign somebody. For $5 million if you really wanted a corner outfielder that badly. Mm-hmm. There's guys to be had mm-hmm. in the corner outfield spots. So so was, was his point, too, though, also, should they just give up prospects? I, the second part of his question was he saying, Instead of giving up Kepler, up Kepler, would you just give up more But prospects? I don't think they would take that. Like, unless you give unless him unless right you claimed, Yeah. So if you came to them and said, we're taking Kepler out of the equation, and here are three or four prospects, minus Lewis, my guess is Tampa says no way, right? So I think Kepler. I think the jumping off point for them is is they want Kepler. They want a big league, immediate big league talent, and then like probably three more pieces, or if it's Lewis, one more piece. But I don't think that they would take if your trade offer started with Gonzalez and Gordon. I think they immediately dismiss you. Reckless speculation. Uh, we would take more of your calls too before we get to Wetmore six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred reaction on Twitter. 
from uh, Roger, Minneapolis. Judd has his Archer goggles on, and it's bar closing time. He's desperate. Stop it, Judd. Go home with your pride, Lewis, and spend the night alone. Do not give it all away for some late-night action, Archer. Uh, Yoke tweets in just a gif that says, no, no, no on trading Royce Lewis. Roger. Do you have your Archer goggles on right now, Judd? Damn right I do. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm upgrading my rotation significantly, and then I'm going out. Don't forget, my second part is, because the Archer contract is such a good deal for me, I'm now going out and signing a secondary starter, and Santana's my three. Yes, I'm putting you, what I am doing, Twins fans, is I'm putting you in a position for this year to say, this can be the year. Mm-hmm. I'm putting you in the immediate position, and yes, I'm giving up a very good young talent that I'm pretty sure is going to become a hell of a ball player, but you got to give something to get something back. Yeah, and I, I would say this on Archer. like We disagree on where we would draw that line, but I think we can agree on this. If you look around the, the American and National League, at, all right, the, how does your resume stack up? I know in any one baseball game, an inferior team, can the Pirates can beat the Yankees. The Phillies from last year can beat the Astros in a game of baseball, just like hockey. If the if the well, I mean the Coyotes just came back from down three nothing against the Wild, and the Coyotes yeah. aren't going to be anywhere near the playoffs. Yep. In football, pretty unlikely the Patriots are going to lose to the Browns. Like it's just baseball and hockey allow for a little bit more uncertainty in the short term. Even with that said, if you compare resumes of teams that are going to be knocking on the World Series door, and then you look at what the Twins have right now going into pitchers and catchers reporting today. They don't have a good enough bullpen to make up for the lack of a number one, number two starter. And don't give me Irvin Santana because I think he's a number three guy, and Barrios hasn't proven it yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you if you're looking to really compete with the Astros or the Yankees mm-hmm. or on the other side of the coin, the Cubs with John Lester and you Darvish, Clayton Kershaw there with the with the Dodgers. Not only do you need a Chris Archer, and Lance Lynn and Alex Cobb aren't going to close that gap. Chris Archer does. Um, your bullpen probably has to start matching up better as well. So even if you do swing a big trade for a Chris Archer, I still think you're another trade away in July to having an equal resume to some of these other teams you hope to beat in a seven or a five game series. I'm just trying to compete as best as I can right now, given the parameters that I have going for me. It's all I'm trying to do. You're trying to give away the future. Well, and clear and shame on you. People are very upset about this. <laughs> we agree ninety percent on this Nation. conversation. Judd, Archer is not an ace. He's good, but not an ace. Lynn and Cobb are are three starters. Your plan is terrible. <laughs> Logan Nation doesn't like the plan. Wait, wait a second. So if, if he says Lynn and Cobb are if, threes. If Alex Cobb is a three and Archer's not an ace, is he saying that Archer and Cobb are basically the same? I because that's not true. Well, either. I think he's saying Archer. I'm guessing he's saying that Archer is a two. I, I contend that Archer could be an ace. Speculation. Yeah, he has been in his past. Uh, for him, it comes down to uh, you know, Tampa Bay has had really good defenses in the past. Kirilov de- or, or um, Kiermaier. Kirilov Kiermaier, is the Twins yeah, prospect. Center fielder. Uh, Kiermaier has spent some time injured the last couple of years. But if you take if you take Chris Archer from his last couple of years with the Rays and put him with Byron Buxton and a Gold Glove Brian Dozier and a Gold Glove Joe Maurer. That ERA goes below four. It absolutely dips below four. It probably gets closer to three. That's where his ERA was before some of the injuries and before the Rays started to... Like, the Rays have scored fewer runs than any American League team in the last two years. They can't score runs. People are very upset Now Longoria's gone, too. Our, our guy, real Bruce Boudreaux, says, Lewis is Jeter, only better. So he's now comparing 
Lewis to Jeter and saying that he's actually an upgrade on Derek Jeter. Okay. Listen, again, I love Royce Lewis. I just defended him for the last two segments. Let's pump the brakes a little. I am a bottom line executive here right now, okay? If I had to trade God, I would. I don't want to, but I would if I'm going to prove my ball club. Okay, well, then where would you draw the line? Like, what what is your line in a Chris Archer trade? Uh, I like would, what would you? Oh, I would not include Buxton. I would not include, and and I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade Buxton. Buxton's the one guy because he's here, and I think he's going to be outstanding. He's the one guy, and, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say, by the way, that I would call Tampa with this offer. What I'm saying is, I think that they're going to shop this guy. They're going to shop Archer once I make my generous offer, and they're going to come back to me and say, "Okay, up it to this." And if I am sitting there with what I've got. I'm thinking long and hard about that, but I mean, this is not this is not what I call them with. I call them with uh, Kepler and Gonzalez and Gordon and another piece. I'm guessing that's what happened two weeks ago. If Lavelle's yeah. reporting is and accurate, that, that they, they made an offer two weeks ago, yeah. So they probably talked about Kepler and the Twins said, "All right, I mean, we don't really want to give him up, but we realize that we're dealing in four years of team control and a great contract for Chris Archer." Mm-hmm. I'm guessing Kepler came up. I'm guessing Nick Gordon came up, and then they're trying to figure out what's the next piece or two. I'd love to know if Miguel Sano came up. I would love to know. I would. I would bet you that Miguel Sano's name did come up, but it was from the Twins. Yeah. I don't think anybody, and I've seen the pushback the last two days on Twitter, but I don't think that there's any team right now that's going to give you a lot for a guy who could be this good but has this many question marks. But this would be a great opportunity to buy low on Miguel Sano if you're another team and you think, all right. Yeah, this is a pretty bad point for him. He's gonna he might be facing a suspension and he's been injured. His value probably doesn't dip a lot lower than this if you think he's gonna bounce back and get healthy and then get past the off the field stuff. So this would be a really good time for another team. It, it's actually kind of a bad time for the twins to trade him value wise. Oh, it absolutely is. Unless they just think, let's, you know, we're not gonna sign into a long term deal, so let's just get what we can because there's a bunch of team control left. But what I'm saying is if I'm the Rays and, and I'm shopping Archer, I'm not trading Archer for, for Sano right now. So yeah, no, no, this was everything that's transpired with Miguel is the worst timing possible because you could have convinced teams, ah, listen, he you know, if you just if if he works a little bit harder and, and doesn't gain weight during the season, it's gonna be fine. But with all the things that have happened now in recent months, I think he becomes he becomes tradable. But you're, I don't think, getting Chris Archer back for him. Do you? I think they say, oh wait, 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 I don't know. I mean, we can't afford to be wrong there. I mean, it's four years of Sano and four years of Archer. Sano is younger. Sano has a ton of power. It's all about. Do you think he can hone some of these flaws that he has? It's all very much fun, though. I mean, it's like this. Whether they pull the trigger on one of these deals or not, it's it's kind of fun to it's fun to see this. In in terms of like, hey, they actually made an offer as opposed to, wouldn't it be nice if they yeah. thought of this over yeah. here? Terry would not be doing that. Yeah. So, all right. Let's, uh, at some point here, we're going to check in with Derek Wetmore between now and one o'clock. He is roaming the clubhouse in Fort Myers, talking to Paul Molitor, Thad Levine, the Twins GM. And uh, we'll get some updates from Twins pitchers and catchers reporting. It's Mackie and Judd uh, in, the t- in the TCL broadcast studios. You think you like freestyle skiing? Johnny Mosley doesn't just like freestyle skiing. He f-ing loves it. She comes into the bottom jump here. She's going to throw the D-spin, Trace, nice. the only female in the competition to do this trick. Oh, that's so rad. Skiing, yeah. Woo. Bodie Miller. Mogo. Big air. Binding. 
Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. Mackey and Judd. <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah. They're both verbs. Awesome. On 1500 ESPN. And swing and a miss. Mustaka strikes out one away. Good slider down and in as Santana picks up his first strikeout. Fly ball to left field. Gardner's back and it's gone. Dozier leads off the game with a home run for the Twins. Two on and two out, two and a oh one. D. Gordon. Marte at shortstop. There's the ball game. And there goes the arrow. Save number 300 for Fernando Rodney. All right, Derek Wetmore writes about the Twins, 1500ESPN.com. We're going to have a Touch Em All podcast episode out later on today, and he'll be in Fort Myers for the next several weeks. Are you shacking up with Pat, Derek? That's right. Wow. Just be aware of the uh, the open bathroom door Sasquatch oh, don't, sightings, don't, okay? Don't even start. You told this story two days ago. Ugh. I don't think I want to hear it, but no. I, I will tell you this. It, if you're picking bunk mates for the start of spring training – after not really getting to talk a whole lot of baseball this winter because of the free agent market, uh, nobody better to room and board with than Patrick Royce. Who thinks that I'm sure we're crazy because we've spent the past two days, as you might have heard by now, Wetmore talking yeah. about potential Chris Archer trade scenarios. Uh, Which I can just yeah. speak for Pat really quickly and yeah. say that uh, all of that is made from whole cloth. I saw the tweet that he put out uh, last night saying, if you think Gonsalves, Gordon, and Kepler are going to do it, you're crazy. So tell me this. Um, where do you think things stand in what seem to be ongoing conversations with the Rays? And do you think that there is even a remote possibility that something gets done uh, to put Chris Archer or a Rays starter in a Twins uniform? There is a chance, yes, but I think it would be hard to see it happening before the start of opening day. Here's why. The free agent market being so overloaded has had this real trickle-down effect. I kind of wondered if it would, that, hey, would teams still be interested in trading players? And we just got done talking with GM Thad Levine, and he basically said that it's put a real freeze on the trade market, that it's been tough for the teams that are looking to sell to find a match with buyers because there are so many options out there that you could still do. Additionally, the teams that we're looking to sell that are basically giving up on this year, they've already sold most of their major league players. So then it becomes really difficult to find a match. And and I'm not saying it's not going to happen. The twins certainly have a prospect heavy system that they could get something done for Chris Archer if they were willing to give the moon. But if I'm Tampa Bay right now, I'm not conceding on anything. If if I'm giving up four affordable years of an ace like Chris Archer, I'm going to ask for the moon, and I'm not going to stop until I get it. See, he, here's the problem the Twins face here, because I saw a report that Alex Cobb and the Yankees are flirting with each other now, and so he comes off the board, and let's say let's say the, the, the Archer talks reach an impasse because they want Royce Lewis, and you're not going to trade Royce Lewis, and maybe you don't get Lance Lynn. If you wind up... Going into spring training, and albeit you did fix your bullpen to some degree, your bullpen's a lot better, and I'm and I'm happy with the moves they made. If you sign like Jaime Garcia and then roll into the 2018 season with what Houston has and the Yankees and Cleveland, and your only starting pitching move, along with losing Irvin Santana for a month, is to add like a Jaime Garcia, the reaction's not going to be too great, and the results aren't going to be too great, Derek. Yeah, I'm less concerned about the reaction if I'm the Twins, and I'm very 
worried about the actual results on the field. Because, Phil, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think, but it bears reminding now that spring training is underway. You look around the rest of the American League, there are some legit great teams. And the Twins, to me, are not a great team. They're a good team. Uh, the Dakota projections came out last week. They're 500-ish. That's about where I see them right now if they don't make a move. The reason that becomes a problem is because Cleveland is the runaway favorite in the Central and then getting an American League wildcard game over the teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros are back and great again. Uh, the Angels got a lot better. The American League's kind of loaded right now, and I don't think you can just rely on sneaking into that wildcard the way the Twins did last year. So if your rotation starts with Barreos, and then you've got, what, right now, is it Kyle Gibson, Mejia, Phil Hughes as a question mark, and then just question mark, question mark, question mark, you're in a real heap of trouble. So I think I'd be very surprised, you guys, if the Twins don't make a move for a pitcher, whether it's a free agent or a trade, and soon. I don't think they're going to wait for spring training to play out to make a move on somebody. It might be that Jaime Garcia-level player just to, hey, we need to fill one spot here. You cannot go into the season with this as your rotation. Um, but I, I think you're going to see something done sooner than later, and then we'll wait to see if there's going to be a big impact move like a like a Chris Archer or like a Jake Arrieta-type pitcher. So uh, the, the the rotation certainly at this point underwhelms us, but may I applaud the Twins for one thing, and this is something that we never saw previously. Kudos for taking Kyle Gibson to arbitration. Kudos to to the fact that for once you didn't, you know, this organization for so long has said, well, Kyle's a good kid and we really like him and let's let's find a common ground here. Kyle Gibson is the exact type of player, and I don't care if he wins, loses, gets his feelings hurt or not, but this is to me, Derek Whitmore, the exact type of player who in baseball today in 2018, you take to arbitration and if you can beat him, good for you, but you just don't you know, simply say, well, our way is not to do that. This is, I am ecstatic to see this. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, respectfully could not disagree with you more. I think the whole arbitration process is silly. I think that a player like Kyle Gibson has to argue for an extra $200,000 while teams print tens of millions is ridiculous. And it's what has got us into this free agent free. So if it's just an isolated case and your point is that don't trust Kyle Gibson for 32 starts and 200 innings. I say yes, 100% on board with that. But when it comes to teams um, putting the freeze on their pocketbooks to not have to compete, uh, to spend money with some of the big spenders, that's that sort of thinking leads to this widespread league, um, basically a freeze of the bank accounts. And that's why guys like Jake Arrieta and Alex Cobb and J.D. Martinez, great players, are still looking for a job despite the fact that spring training is opening around Florida and Arizona. Uh, Wetmore is is at spring training right now. He's at Hammond Stadium. Uh, Twins pitchers and catchers reported today. You can find his work on 1500ESPN.com and also our Touch Em All podcast where we talk Twins every week, and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere you would download podcasts. So what did you learn from Thad Levine uh, this afternoon, Derek? Man, he uh, he filled our notebooks, as you would expect. I think the big question coming into spring training for the Twins is, what are you going to do with pitching? And what's going to happen with Miguel Sano? And he was able to shed some light on that a little bit. MLB investigation, from my understanding, guys, is still ongoing. The Twins have not been given word on what's going to happen. But until he's just suspended or, or otherwise, 
uh, the plan right now is to have Sano report when position players do report. So he'll be in Fort Myers unless we hear something new from Major League Baseball. I think that situation is still unresolved, obviously. But I think some people were expecting that oh, maybe he'd just stay away, they'd just figure this out, and maybe eventually Sano would get to camp once baseball gives the okay. Sounds like from based, based on what Levine said today that Sano will be reporting um, barring some other news coming from Major League Baseball at some point. So I thought those are kind of the two big lingering questions that I wanted to get answered coming down here. And at least we have a partial answer for one of them. We're still waiting for the starting pitching answer. And when, when's he due there to report? Next week, is it, I or think, when? I think it's Saturday, I want to say. Position okay. players are here. I, I know pitchers and catchers, obviously, today's their first day, and tomorrow's the first uh, workout for those guys. Today is just the, hey, prove you're in the city yeah. and breathing and that's your uh your obligation <laughs> professionally for today but position players are a little bit later and i think that he's going to be here at least for the first day of that could be this weekend i just hope he, he d- doesn't show up at a good a robust 305 or something well, because uh, that a, that would be my concern you and i have fought about this for years judd and i think i'm just about ready to come to the dark side and concede that you were right all along um there's still talk of his conditioning and and what kind of conditioning can you do when you have a metal rod surgically inserted into your leg in the off season so so i get that that's a fair uh that's a fair counterpoint a fair rebuttal to sano probably being a little bit out of shape but uh that's going to be something that we're watching throughout spring training and i guess my point would just be several years into your major league professional career people shouldn't still be asking questions about your commitment, your, uh, your your work ethic, your conditioning, that sort of thing. If you hope to be that sort of superstar player, those questions would not be asked anymore. And I think for Sano, they're going to continue to be asked. And he's too skilled with a bat and too talented and actually has too good of an eye at the plate to have the highest strikeout rate of any hitter the last three years in baseball who's had a 1,000 plate appearances. Uh, so I mean, things like that, you look and you say, man – if you could just cut that down from 36% to 27% or something and give yourself a few hundred extra chances to hit the ball over the course of um you know the, over the course of time. So how do you think the, the the organization from Thad Levine, Derek Falvey, Paul Molitor, what's your sense as to how they feel about Sano and his long-term future with the franchise and, and now with this off the field stuff that we talk about? Yeah, it's it's hard to say because um we haven't spoken with Salvi about it. Uh, There's briefly addressed it at Twins Fest, but the address was basically no comment. This is in Major League Baseball's hands. Uh, Same with Molitor. I mean, he was not speaking with the media today because tomorrow's kind of the first actual day. This is the warm-up. And then just talking with Thad Levine, I think he was consistent. I've heard him on your guys' show before. Consistent with what he said in the past, which is, we think this is a really talented player. He's a good baseball player, and we're happy to have him on our side. Yeah, but there are some questions he needs to continue to answer. And, and Phil, you and I have thought about this a little bit in the past, but I think we're on the same side of the coin a little bit in that tremendously talented player, if he reaches his 99th percentile, a superstar in this game. I think the question is now becoming, is he going to reach his 99th percentile or like his 50th percentile? And if it's his 50th, maybe he's just a guy that hits a bunch of home runs, strikes out a bunch, and plays first base. And and that would be a disappointing outcome based on where he's been the past few years. So to answer your question about how the Twins are feeling it, I, I just think that they've been guarded here since this these allegations arose, and they're kind of running parallel with questions about his game, too. 
but with that all being said, he's still the talented kind of player that you don't just forget about and sweep under the rug and say, man, this is, this is not worth it. It's Judd. It's like what we talk about in training camp, the baggage to ability ratio. Uh, you know, it's, it's not looking super pretty for Sano right now, but there's still that ability and talent that you, you can't just forget about it and say, all right, we're going to cut him on the second day of camp and just get rid of the headache. You, right. you couldn't do that with a player of his caliber. Yeah. Uh, back to the Gibson thing, Phil Miller just tweeted this. I, I read this and thought, how uncomfortable is this? So he tweeted, Irvin Santana won't be in camp right away because he's headed to New York for a follow-up exam on his surgically repaired right hand. He's in a cast, can't really do much anyways. Kyle Gibson also not in camp, but that's just until his arbitration case is heard. Yep. Like, to have to show up at some point, win or lose, especially lose, mm-hmm. and shake hands with the front office people that... Went to court essentially to try and deny you three hundred thousand dollars. It's such an amazingly awkward process. Starters, yep, yeah. Baseball should get rid of that process. It's gross. Yeah, it just feels uncomfortable. Like Molitor isn't saying that, so Molitor can give him a handshake. A new pitching coach, Garvin Alston, can give him a handshake and say, "Hey, uh, welcome to Fort Myers. We're expecting you to be our number two starter." As it shakes out right now, which is a, a whole nother conversation that's probably uncomfortable in different ways. But on the uh, the sort of adversarial relationship that arbitration sets up, you're, you're basically sitting in a courtroom in front of a judge, an arbiter, saying, oh, we don't think this guy thinks he's as good as he is, so we shouldn't have to pay him this money. And then he, more likely his representatives, say, no, he's good. He's this good in line with these other players. They should have to pay him this money. And then that person just decides you know, which one is right and if Kyle Gibson loses, then I'm sure knowing him, he's just going to move on from it. He'll be disappointed and then just let's go business as usual. But in the back of your mind, isn't there just that sting of like, well, that sucks. They just told a judge that I'm not very good and they shouldn't have to pay me. This just sets up an incom- uncomfortable situation all around. Don't you have to figure out, too, like, is the judge a back of the baseball card stats guy or is the judge yeah. way into fan graphs and baseball perspectives? Because yep. well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about the ground ball rate if you want. No. OK, let's talk about ERA in the second half. Right. Okay. Right. And that's part of the story, <laughs> Phil, is that arbiters, by and large, are back of the baseball card people. So. As agencies get wiser and they start saying like, well, well, I think my client, I, I think Byron Buxton is worth this much because look at all, all his defensive runs saved and how much he helped and his strike zone control is really trending in the right direction and, and his line drive rates just getting better and better and better. And the arbiter might say, yeah, but he had so-and-so RBIs, so here's what he gets paid. Now, that's just a weird uh, dynamic on its own. And I don't know which would favor Gibson more. Personally, I, I'm a little higher on Kyle Gibson than I think either of the two of you are, but I I still can't make the case that he's a frontline starter, and uh, I'm not sure that you'd try to make that case in the court of law, but uh, I think that it just sets up an uncomfortable situation, and, and frankly, unless this team goes out and makes several major moves, trades and free agents, they're going to rely a lot on Kyle Gibson this year. Boy, I got six words for, for the guy hearing the case from the Twins. Did you see his first half? Yeah, oh yeah. That'd be, the, that'd be the start of my indictment of Kyle Gibson. Yeah. You know how the Scott Boris clients always come into a room with a thick binder yes. full of, uh, of his yes. clients? Kyle Gibson's agent better forget the first half of that binder. <laughs> Just start at page 50. I lost I lost the first half of the season. I'm sorry. I no, don't know where they went. We, we had them all. It's a three-ring binder. They were all in here. I just, on the way over here, I don't know. The wind must have. Damn dog ate them. 
Yeah. A, a lefty a lefty must have turned on one of those pages that was crumpled up. All right, Derek, wow. good stuff, dude. We'll you, uh, you and I will be podcasting later. People can find all Derek's stuff at 1590ESPN.com. Bye, Derek. Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk later. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Gibson's 30 years old and has the lowest strikeout rate of any starter, maybe bottom I five in his like career. It. I don't like his odds in this case. I'm not sure what they submitted for figures. I don't like his odds. No, I mean, he's got to come back and prove it for, for a full season. Earlier on, we ranked our most annoying Minnesota athletes packing orders. A Twitter follower points out one that I totally omitted that might be number one. Let's wrap up when we come back. Mackie and Judd in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, press play. On 1500 ESPN. Another reminder about the 2018 VentureBank Minnesota Golf Show. It is returning to the Minneapolis Convention Center this weekend. Get those tickets in advance and receive over $470 in value. Each paid advance ticket will receive 19 free greens fees, passes, and your choice of a golf shirt. To purchase tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com keyword events. You think you like figure skating? Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir don't just like figure skating. They f***ing love it. I am feeling this, guys. Oh, Oh my gosh. So unexpected. Again, one of those moments they hit all the difficult elements and you trip like that. She didn't go down, though. It's not a mandatory one-point deduction, but it was otherwise a brilliant short program for them. We haven't seen them skate that well in no, quite some time. In a you can see age, her really. smile ear to ear. Figure skating! Yeah. Yeah. yeah! Toe loops! Kiss and cry! Yeah, hit the toe pick! Tassels! Triple lots! Yes. Really excited for some more Olympics tonight in primetime. Uh, we are getting some feedback, people wanting us to talk more Olympics. So... Judd's going to leave the show for the rest yep, of the week, the and then me and Tom Pellicero will talk Olympics tomorrow. Yep, that was it. <laughs> Can't do it. Won't do it. But next week, when we're uh, we're still in the heart of them, when you come back, then we can we can dive Just about in. done by next week, right? I think it's all throughout next week, oh, right? Oh, yeah. We got two full weeks. Two full like, weeks. When are we done with this thing? A week from Saturday? Do we close yeah, it up? It's definitely all throughout next week. Yeah, okay. the old closing ceremonies has to be next Friday or Saturday. Okay. We haven't even gotten to, like, bobsled stuff, and there's a bunch of skiing events we haven't gotten to yet. Oh, a lot to go. Like, curling is... singles it... figure skating still to go. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's the big... Yeah, yeah, we might get the... a crowbar to a knee or something before. Yeah, anything can happen. Big ratings. Yep. So we did our pecking order a couple hours ago. The top 10 Minnesota athletes that drive us the craziest. And I forgot about one. And thank you to Twitter followers for just suggesting this person. He might be number one on my list. Which team? Got him. Timberwolves. Hmm. Jose Juan Barea. JJ Barea. Yeah. Who thought he was Kobe Bryant every time he took the court. Jack up 15 shots. The best part about JJ Barea was when. Rick Adelman would put somebody in to replace him at the scores table. He'd look over and would not pass until the ball went out of bounds somewhere. Uh-oh. Like, Luke Rittenauer's coming in. I need to shoot 11 more times before the next whistle. How many times in his career, not only as a Wolf, but with the Mavericks, he's still in the league, has he been rejected by the underside of the backboard going in for some obnoxious drive he, into the trees? He was a champion in Dallas. I have no idea why, why you he would hate him He had one good so game much. against the Lakers he's in like the champion. second round. He was a champion in Dallas. Oh Appeared on this show. He's got a ring. Back in the day. Not this show. Well, no, but he can't. in this time slot, when I was working with fun, 
JJ appeared and was very cordial. Did he hog the entire fifteen he minutes? Very Did he nice. let anybody else speak? He was so he was very he was actually just a little bit. He didn't really care. He's just like, yeah, Neither did yeah, you, though, so... Whatever. That's not true. <laughs> not true at all. It's completely unfair. I care. JJ didn't care. JJ Berea, the king of, like, all right, the game's so on the line. you put him number one and you forgot him? Uh, yeah, well, it's, sometimes it's hard. You know that there's probably some guys that I forgot about. He's on a team with Kevin Love and, like, other scoring options, namely Kevin Love. And he's dribbling the clock out for 24 seconds and shooting a 20 footer with a hand in his face. And he's five foot six. So the difference JJ between us, drove me crazy. The difference between us is that when I started my computer, I thought of one thing and one thing only Vanek. Vanek. He's going to be number one. I think you guys both miss a couple uh, recent left tackles here for the Vikings, too. Yeah, Matt Khalil and TJ Clemmings. Uh, I'd say Brian McKinney. Brian as well. McKinney. Yeah. I thought about him, but he was serviceable enough. Like, he was a Pro Bowl player and a good player. He could have made it at 10 for me. Uh, Khal- I mean, Khalil's the one. He's the yeah. Khalil yeah. Would have been shining star Khalil, there. Khalil the I missed. Yes. Not number one, but I did miss him. Yeah. That's a good one. Because he had a first, a good first season. Yeah. And TJ Clemmings. No, you can't. No, no. You can't penalize him. That's not his fault. <laughs> it's the scout that signed you. Yeah. He falls in that category. <laughs> it's the league that brought you into it for some <laughs> unknown reason. Yeah. I think he's still in it, too. Still with uh, Washington, Washington he, play, he started a game or two at left tackle this season. Yep. Good for All them. right, Judd's off to uh, yep. to guzzle some beers in a different city. So well, he'll be Pippins. back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can find me at Pippins the next he'll five days. He'll be paying days. rent the next five days. All right, uh, Pelissero's in tomorrow. And plenty more reckless oh, speculation, I'm sure, football-related. You can find all of our stuff on the Mackie and Judd show page at 1500ESPN.com.